0: Claudine Hemingway is a descendant of famed writer Ernest Hemingway. We bumped into each other at a party and decided to team up and dive deep into French history, but with a twist, by bringing a spotlight to those lesser-known creatives in France. This is History with a Hemingway. Welcome back to Paris History, I'm Mickey Hemingway. I'm back with Claudine, and once again, we are revisiting the luxembourg gardens which is full of beautiful statues and we're going to learn more about some new ones this week
1: yeah i love the luxembourg as we talked about last week and um i when i first came to paris i saw it and then that's when i said i had to stay close to that and live close to it from now on but it is endless you could go in there you could spend an entire day just going from one little part of the garden to the other. And like we said last week, there's over um, 105 statues and monuments in the garden. So we aren't even like between these first this episode and last week's, I think we are only even only talking about 20. So, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> there many. is a lot. Um One thing that is in the garden, so besides all the statues, but there's also some pretty cool things. And one of the cool things that's in there is a carousel. And the cool thing about this carousel, it is the oldest one in Paris and it was designed by Charles Garnier who did the beautiful opera house in Paris. It is one of the most beautiful buildings in all of Paris, inside and out. Um, But he designed that. And when I heard that, you know, I went to go see it and I went to uh, thinking it's going to be this beautiful thing that looks like the opera house. It's very plain. <laughs> <That's> very plain. <laughs> he put all his energy into the opera house, but it was inaugurated in 1879. And the a carousel, like everybody knows you, it, every kid growing up in America, you know, they remember carousels. At least I do. When I was a kid, um, we always loved them, especially the ones where, you know, sometimes they'd have giraffes or different animals and they'd move up and go up and down. But there's a reason, and we might have talked about this a long time ago, uh, but I do love this story. But on June 5th, 1662, Louis XIV threw a party for his upcoming child, who was going to be the future Dauphin. This large party... Um, that he held was in the Jardin des Tuileries. It was at the edge where it was in between now, um, that's closer to the Louvre side of it. Um, And it is where the, it was where the Arc de Triomphe du Carousel is, which is right in front of the, looks at the pyramid, but it is called still the Carousel because of this event that happened there. So at the time, a carousel was actually, um, a thing that they did they were on horses and they would be riding on their horses they would be carrying lances um, that you use like for jousting and there were these big huge poles and these poles would have ribbons that had um, big huge uh, hoops on it and you would be you would almost have like this jousting where you'd go along and you'd put the lance into the you know when you caught the ring that was you got points and you were winning. Um, and that was what was called a carousel. So when carousel rides themselves were created, they were originally only for adults. Oh, what? That's so fun. <laughs> Yeah. And so when they first were created in in Paris and uh, all over France, they were for adults and they still had these rings like they would have these um, ribbons hanging down with rings. And so people would be on these carousel horses trying to catch these rings. So the same thing. And now just on a, you know, pretend horse. Um, But they weren't started to be um, a kid's thing until the 1920s. Wow. So it was always for adults. I mean, yeah, I really good. Carousel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've run the carousel in, in Paris before. Um, it's always really fun to go around. Um, and if you do go to the, uh, amazing museum, that's over in Bercy and it is the, um, the fairground museum. And it's not just always open every single day. And you have to have a ticket before you go, you can't just walk in and buy a ticket. Um, But I'll put a link to it on my website. And it's so cool. And Midnight in Paris was filmed in there. So there was a scene in Midnight in Paris, when he goes to the party with Adrien, and there is um, a carousel, but this one is a bike's and you literally pedal the bike and that's how the carousel moves around. Um, and they had it in the movie. And when you go to this museum, you get to actually do all of those things.
0: Oh, that's so fun. I love that place. I've been there one time and it is really beautiful inside.
1: It is so much fun and I went there by myself and everybody was a family and I was like, um.
0: <laughs> like what? What's like the big deal?
1: All these little kids in there with them and I was like, I should have brought like my friend Sylvain's daughter or something. <laughs> Bring a child. <laughs> because I just felt kind of like, should I bring a kid with me? Um, but you don't have to. You don't have to. But it is really cool. It's really well done. They're fantastic. You go with a group and a guide um and they're always really fun. Um and so it's re- it's a really cool place to go see. So you get to see some of these care, you know, s- kind of that same idea from back then. Um but go into the um t- the Luxembourg and see that one for yourself and even ride on it. There's also ponies in there. You could you could ride, you take the little kids that they don't let the big kids do. They just let you know kids to do it. We can't, you know, as adults because they're all Shetland ponies, which is what I had when I was a kid, but it my Dear Buttercup, rest in peace. But she, but these, you know, they're they're, you know, as an adult, they basically come up to your waist, so they don't really want adults to be riding on them. <laughs> I'm too big, yeah. But we're on the side of it. Um, we're actually on the western side of the garden still, which is where we were last time. And this is kind of more towards um, right outside from the carousel, and there is a sculpture there by Zakin, um, and it's called La Poète. Um, it was added in 1991 to replace a statue that was there before that was dedicated to Ustaz Um, The statue itself is because it was done in 1991. Um, it was originally created in 1945. Um, Musee Usep Zakin, we're actually going to mention um, him next week. Uh, but it is, there's a museum really close to the garden there. That's actually free. Um, and he does these really cool pieces. There's another piece that he does that's right outside the uh, Saint Germain de Pre. Church and so it's more it's almost kind of cubist it's almost like a cubist painting by Picasso mm. uh, but it's always really interesting to see his stuff um, but it is a it's dedicated to for Paul uh, Orlin, who was a poet that was born in 1895 and on the sculpture itself, get as close to it as you can because he actually inscribed um, poetry onto the metal
0: oh wow that's cool
1: Yeah, it's really cool. Um, And then right around the corner from there is a woman that we have talked about before, the Comtesse de Sejour. Um, This is exactly how I found out about her so we could do a podcast. The first time I was like, who was this? Um, She was actually born in St. Petersburg, Russia. She moved to Paris with her family and later married um, a gentleman named Eugene Ramon, who was a Count of Sejour. They had seven children and at 50 years old, she began to write stories for her grandchildren that were published. She would write them until the end of her life at 74 years old. And I will link to that episode we did um, over a year ago she was amazing because she basically was the very first um, woman to actually be able to live off and actually make money on her writings. And this was long before you had all these other women that, like George and those people that were trying to do that. And at first having to, saw, you know, write under pen names. Um, so she was very, very smart in how she was able to parlay all this stuff so she can make money on it. But she's a fascinating woman. Um, around the corner is also a, it's one that a, dedicated to Vateau, uh, who is the artist who I also love. He's got some really great pieces that are in the Louvre. Um, he is a, kind of that Rococo, which is very flowery and, you know, very big, flowy dresses, really beautiful. Um, this one is done in marble, but it also has um, tin on it as well. It was done by Henri Desiree Goutet. He also did those great uh, lampposts with the kids on it that are on Pont Alexander Tois. You know the little kids like the ones holding what looks like you know it's an oar, but it looks like a guitar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he was you know Baroque and Rococo um for that period of time, and he really loved to to um capture the Fete Galant, um which are um were really made famous under the end of Louis XIV and under Louis the Fifteenth. The Pilgrimage to Cythero is one of his. Famous paintings that he did. Um, and uh, that is one that see the composer, used to go to the Louvre and visit all the time and would write actual pieces to go with these paintings, um, which is just fantastic. And I think we even talked about that one of the episodes we did about the Louvre.
0: Yeah, I think I remember something about that.
1: Yeah. I love it. I always go in there and I've I've made videos um made videos of the painting played to the the music that's attached to that painting. Um, and it's always it's always really fun to see and there's always people that part of the Louvre it's on the second floor of the Sully wing it's always people are lost on that side. Um <laughs> and so there's always people like what are you doing? Cuz everybody if people walk through or basically like just quickly walking trying to figure out where the Mona Lisa is. Quickly <laughs> walking you know, like how do we get to the Mona Lisa? Yeah, and I'm like I am trying to create art here. um you also have a statue to Charles Baudelaire that's a bust of him um Baudelaire this was done by Pierre-Félix Massot in 1933 he um was born um in 1821 and he um was known for his flowers of evil but we also talked about him before when um, we did one about Jean Duval, who was his long mistress, where they had that very tumultuous uh, relationship.
0: (laughs) I like the mistresses the best.
1: I know we love the mistresses and the courtesans. Um, A beautiful one that's nearby there is the Nubian lion. This was done by Auguste Kahn in 1870. Um, It was the he made this because it was a when this lion was one of the um, extinct largest lions in the world, it's actually, I love lions. For, I just always want to be like, oh, they're so cute and cuddly. But, you know, if you did that, they bite your face off. <laughs> <laughs> um, he grew up working um, in his family's butcher shop, uh, but he gave it up to study anatomy inan- I mean, of animals. And then he would go to the Jardin des Plantes Zoo with Barry and Delacroix to study them.
0: I love that. And they did such cool pictures, too.
1: They did like amazing pieces, and you. Some of Can's um, his lines are also on the Louvre, on the outside, on the the send side. There's two of his lions that are there. And then, of course, Baris are there as well. Um, But right next to that, and I always look at, it's funny how they kind of place these in earshot of each other. Um, There's also one that's the herd of deer. This was done in 1891 by Arthur Jacques Leduc. Um, And it has two little fawns that look as if they just heard something. Um, And the mother that there is there kind of, you know, protecting them. And it's like, it's, do they hear the lion? Because the lion's going to come and eat them. (laughs)
0: what the heck my favorite thing is um at fountain blue castle there's like carvings of dolphins in the ceiling but they didn't know what dolphins look like and they're like all funny looking
1: (laughs) that's that's what is like the um you see that like the ones of the you know on the pont neuf and you have a bunch of those because of dolphin in front of dauphin and the son of the king is dauphin um and so that's why you have them on the pont neuf but it is funny because they don't look like they just have these like their faces are like 10 times larger than what a dolphin's would be yeah they're so funny looking (laughs) yeah they're really kind of it's really interesting to see those Um, we're going to kind of go around the corner and head over towards the center where the basin is. Um, And in over there, there are a couple of different um, statues that are around there. There's um, one called Valida by Hippolyte Mandron in 1839. It was inspired by the martyrs um, that Chateaubriand wrote. Um, And it's a description of this young girl in his description was this young girl um, that was um, sent to a prison because her father was there she fell in love with the jailer um, and she was ended up being released from having to be there because her father was like we're living at the prison and he released her um, but then she ended up falling in love with an inmate I mean it's like (laughs) literally like it's like out of like history of today (laughs) Jerry Springer (laughs) it's very very Jerry Springer Hallmark movie-ish maybe (laughs) Um, but above that of course you have the, there's the 20 illustrious women in French history which we have done episodes about um, that th- that and we'll put links to those. Those are two separate ins- um, episodes, one's on the east side, one's on the west side that goes through the story of each of these 20 women. They're fa- absolutely amazing. Um, but also down below, there is one um, that's standing on a pedestal, and this is Vulcan. Um, he is the God of Fire by Charles Antoine Um, He is presenting his good- goods to be forged. Um, he's also kind of, you know, of course, because he's that, he's kind of the emblem of blacksmiths everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Calliope, who is the eldest of the muses. And the muses, of course, were the daughters of Zeus. And I love them because as everybody knows from the greatest movie ever made do, mm-hmm.
0: Olivia
1: and John plays a muse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with the muses because of that. There's some beautiful paintings of muses in the Louvre that I've had, literally had on my list for three years to write about um, and to do some videos. So I do need to do that. Uh, but it is a, this one is a really beautiful one. She's the goddess of music, singing, and dance. Um, and this one was one, one that was brought to France after the siege of Sebastopol in 1856. The siege of Sebastopol.
0: How many sieges have there been? I feel like a
1: lot. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. And usually when it says it was brought to France, it was somebody stole it, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stolen goods. Yeah. Yeah, in the very center. Um, if you're looking towards the basin, the wonderful basin that has the boats, um, there is right before that. And if you're standing up above, that's always like if you are in there those few minutes that they're yelling into you and trying telling you to get out before as a. before the sun sets. If you look up, there's this very, very tall column. And on the very top of that is David vanquishing Goliath. Um, He is standing up there and you could, this is a great spot to be able to see the Eiffel Tower and you could see the um, tops of Saint Suplice. It's a really great view, but this one was the one that was copied from a statue going back to the 1500s. Um, It was recast again in 1993. Uh, but it's really great because you just get to see this amazing view um, towards towards uh, the Eiffel Tower from up there. Um, the down there is the basin that I mentioned. And I do love that little basin that's right there. And it's always so fun to go on a nice, sunny day. And it's, you know, October, we have those beautiful, warm days. And um, Paris. And so usually the, all that stuff is kind of put away and, you know, they don't have, uh, you know, because that stuff, the boats, they'll have them during um, the winter, but on the weekends, but not usually during the week. But the weather was so beautiful, like six high 60s, mid 70s. Um, they still had the boats, which is always fun to watch the little kids, but just stay alert because those kids, you know, if you've seen those boats, um, they also come along with like about a six-foot dowel. And these little <laughs> kids, um, that these dowels are sometimes three times bigger than they are, run with those things. Um, and they're just like, I've gotten smacked in the back a couple of times by <laughs> whack with a stick because you're hanging out. Yeah. In the park. So just keep alert. But those boats um first appeared in 1927. A gentleman named uh, Clement Pando had a small store selling those wooden uh, boats on the Rue Visconti which is my favorite, one of my favorite little quiet streets. It's right off the Rue de Seine and the um, Rue Bonaparte in between there. And it's a great street that we talked about actually a couple of weeks ago, because that's where one that Delacroix and Monet and all these great people lived at one point. But he contacted the French Senate and the French Senate is there in the in the Palais de Luxembourg, and they oversee the entire garden as well. But he contacted them in 1927 saying, hey, I've got these boats and you have that huge basin, you know, could I maybe rent these boats out? And they said, well, sure. So um, Mr. Clement would make these uh, boats out of wood and his wife would sew the little wind sails on them and they would take them there and have them in the garden. And supposedly it's still the same. It's in the third generation of that family that still does that.
0: I didn't know it was all one family. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. And some of the boats is, and I talked to the guy that was there one day, um, and I really actually want to rent one of the boats, but you only ever see kids doing it. But um, they, some of the boats are actually the originals from almost 100 years ago
0: what oh wow definitely like withstand time
1: yeah and they have like a you know it gets pretty windy there um and there's there are sometimes you see ducks in there but they're also these great big fish um they look like they remind me of like koi fish um that you'd always see like in hawaii those great big ones but they're not in bright orange and those kind of colors they're big black ones and sometimes you see the kids with those sticks whacking the fish (laughs) Yeah, like, like um, hey, keep an eye on your kid. Don't let him just bash those poor fish that are just swimming in the pond. Who's <laughs> watching your kid? I know. So, uh, but also one of the most famous things I think in that park um, that everybody loves are the chairs. And those chairs, they're actually car- called the um, Luxembourg chair. Um, they were first going back to 1923. So they're almost 100 years old. Um, these are Luxembourg green chairs. Um, they could be found all over the garden. Originally the chairs, they were much smaller chairs, but you had to rent them. So anytime you were in the garden, you want to sit and it was only a couple, like, you know, a few cents to get these chairs. Um, but now you do not have to, there are three separate types of chairs. Um, there's one that's kind of a straight back. There's a straight back with, um, arms. And then there's one that's kind of lays back. And there's this great book by David Downey that he wrote called Perry Perry. And there's a whole chapter that he wrote. It's all just kind of these little vignettes about Paris, They're really great books. Um, he did one where he spent the entire day in the Luxembourg from the time it opened to the time it closed. And he said by the end of the day, he could spot exactly which chair a people would go to. Like, he'd be like, the way that that person walks, they're probably the straight back chair.
0: What? <laughs>
1: yeah and so i'm the straight back with the arms there is the one that leans way back and a lot of people they really love that one but um i I guess if you were going to sit back and like just wanted to you know get some sun but i usually out there sometimes i even take my laptop or i'm writing or i'm reading something so i like to sit more upright um but they're great they also have the same chairs in the Tuileries. you see them in a couple places around paris you can actually buy these chairs they have tall ones that are like bar stools um, you can find them online. I'll find the link and link put it on my website, but, um, and they are expensive,
0: expensive.
1: <laughs> yeah. So don't try to take any of them. I'm sure they would see you if you tried to walk out of the garden with them, but they're really cool chairs. I love that color. Um, and nothing is better than finding one of those chairs and hanging out over by, um, the, the Fontaine de Medici, which is one of the most beautiful, but when you walk up to the very top, Um, At the upper platform, um, we're not we already talked about all those wonderful ladies, the the 20 different ladies. Um, But if you walk up to the side, um, if you're looking like you're going to go on the path right towards the Pantheon, go to your right just a little bit. And there's another small side path. And right there, there is a statue that I love. And it's because, of course, it includes somebody that I try to get into every single episode. Um, and I'm not even trying to put him in the episodes. Like, I'm not even finding a way. He just appears. Uh, but there's a great um, statue by Zachary Astru, and it's called the Marchand de Masque, and it's the mask seller. And it's this great little guy, this little boy. And on the bottom of it, there are um, different masks of famous authors, um, also different um composers and they're right around the bottom of it and it includes um Carole, who was a artist alexander dumas um Carpeau, berlioz um, delacroix <laughs> uh, also balzac um and then barry de Aurier, um and in his hand he's holding a one mask high up, uh, up into the sky and that one is a victor hugo there used to be three masks that hung down from his other hand, uh, but those have disappeared long ago. I did find a really cool old black and white photo of it from like, you know, the 19, um, 30s, 1920s, and it did show the ones that were hanging down. But it's a really cool, uh, and like the masks, they look exactly like the faces, like Balzac's face is very famous, Delacroix, of course, um, Alexander Dumas. Um, You know, of three musketeer fame. A lot of those faces are very famous, uh, but it's it's a really cool one. And if you keep going down that a little bit, there's another really um, lovely uh, monument and it's called Le um, uh, Le Cray and it's done by Fabrice Hibert. Uh, and this was done um and put in in 2006 it was to commemor- commemorate the abolition of the slave trade um mm-hmm. it was inaugurated in 2007 on one side of it it is it's in bronze and it looks like three chains um, and they're um, you know, flat, they're not like big round chains, but they're flat. Um, and at the very top, um, the top chain is about the abolishment of slavery. The middle one is the fear of modern day slavery or entrapment. And then the bottom one is actually down into the ground. Um, and that one is kind of about its roots, the roots of, you know, representing the roots of slavery um there's words on it that were done all um that came from the pieces that were from the senate decree that abolished slavery that are on all of it one side it is bronze but on the other side it's kind of white and it has painted what looks like red veins going through it um and so it's just it's really beautiful every year in may um around the um the day that they actually acknowledge you know to say you know to remember that um it is closed because it is the senate there but the president of france comes and i had it two or one day and they that part of the tour was to go through there and we could not get anywhere near the entire luxembourg because um the president was coming <laughs> the president always ruins everything I know. I was like, why can't I be in there? Um, but right around the corner from that is also one that is, um was done by Rodin. Um, this one is for um, Stendhal. Henry Bail, who went by Stendhal, he was a writer, had a big love of music. And so Mr. Rodin was asked to do this little kind of round medallion of him. And then down the corner, we mentioned her earlier, but there's one it was George Sand. It is done was um, the statue of her was done by Francois Léon Sicard. It was inaugurated in nineteen o four, and it's it's in marble. It was the original plaster um, was seen in nineteen o four, and then the state commissioned to do it in marble. But George Sand is seen in a big full dress, which most people know George Sand as being. Um, One that wore pants when you weren't allowed to, if you remember when we talked about her, and then she, you know, you were supposed to actually get a permit to be able to wear pants in public, and she was like, "Screw that! I'm not getting a permit. I'm just wearing pants." (laughs) We've come so far. (laughs) We've come so far, but you know that law only went away in like the 1970s. What? Oh my gosh! It took. But nobody followed it. I mean, I don't. Um, Rose Bonner, who I, we love, um, who we talked about that there's an amazing exhibit dedicated to her at the Orsay that it's goes through January, you have to go see it. I, I just the whole time was smiling because there's these pieces that we talked about in the podcast. Um, and I need to write and share about that. It's a really, really cool one, but she did the same thing, you know, because she was in these um, barns and stalls and just in the muck. And of course being in a dress wasn't really the way to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, it was, it's just funny that back then you weren't allowed to actually wear pants. It's just crazy to me. I love wearing pants. (laughs) I I used to never wear dresses because when I was a kid and I went to private school until like my freshman year in high school, we only had to wear dresses or skirts, And so uh-huh. for a very long time, I was like, I hate them. I'm never going to wear them. And now I own and wear lots of dresses.
0: Well, I prefer dresses now that I've grown in my waistline. I'm
1: like <laughs> much more comfortable than pants.
0: <laughs>
1: more comfortable. Yeah. Thinkable. Yeah. But luckily you don't have to have a permit to wear them.
0: Yeah. Thankfully. Yoga thankfully, pants yeah. all the way. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you tune in next week where we're going to carry on about the Luxembourg Gardens and teach you some more about the statues and the history there. And check out Claudine's website, claudinehemingway.com. Thanks for listening today, guys. If you're interested in learning more about Claudine, her tours, history, and the beautiful photographs that she posts all over Instagram, tune into her website, claudinehemingway.com.